So I was driving down the road, and by my house, there's a red light. When you go down on the red light, I just pulled through, and I was a little bit over the line. Car next to me comes back and rolls down its window. I roll down my window. We look at each other. He looks at me and goes, hey, you're just a little bit over the line. In football, we call that offsides. Guys, welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Thursday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. And whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening on Apple, Podbean, you name it, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday. Just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, if you're listening on there. Podbean, if you're listening on there. Apple, if you're listening on there. Share around with others and follow on there as well. We have Instagram, X, and Facebook. All you got to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy. Follow and like the page there. You'll get episode updates. You will get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You will get trivia questions on Instagram stories, as well as all things to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Now, NFL Day Today, guys, that was just a joke. Uh, you probably didn't even laugh at that joke. Didn't, didn't, that joke did not happen. It was not real. It was just for a gag. But offsides is the theme of what we're going to talk about today. Did Kadarius Toney come? commit that penalty was he offsides we're going to break it down we're going to recap week 14 the games i've covered were the ravens and rams chiefs and bills eagles and cowboys and colts and Bengals. two for two this week we're going to break down the nfl recap you already saw it on the socials we're going to break down that we're going to talk about the who's in and who's out for the injury report for pigskin frenzy for nfl this week we're going to preview and predict and look ahead to the games that we're covering for this weekend, including two Saturday ones. I'm doing double duty with bowl games and NFL, as well as two on Sunday. We're also going to, you know, break down some news out of Foxborough and talk about that. Guys, loaded show. Don't go anywhere. Don't tune out. Keep plugging into Pigskin Frenzy on all platforms. You see it on video, so subscribe and follow on all platforms. Subscribe and follow on all platforms. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Podbean. Just keep plugging in and plugging on all socials. Follow and like the pages, X, Instagram, and Facebook, at Pigskin Frenzy on all socials. Guys, NFL day today. If my voice just sounds like, I'm just going to say this, this, this is stupid, <laughs> I'm sorry. My voice is monotone. I'm still getting over this junk, but we're going to break down some football. We're going to talk about some football, and uh, we need to. Uh, it's I'm excited. I'm excited about this week, and I'm a busy man this week with covering games. But listen, I'm doing it for the sake of pigskin frenzy, guys. So Rams and Ravens. Let's break this game down. Uh, I was two for two this week. This is one of the games I got right. I picked the Ravens to win, and I was right. Close game. Final score, Ravens 37, Rams 31. Lamar Jackson, 24 for 43 with 316 yards and three touchdowns with one interception. 11 carries with 70 yards. Keaton Mitchell, nine carries with 54 yards, eight-yard reception. Gus Edwards, six carries with 15 yards. Odell Beckham, four receptions with 97 yards and a touchdown. Isaiah Likely, five receptions with 83 yards and a touchdown. Zay Flowers, six receptions with 60 yards and a touchdown. Zay Flowers having a pretty good rookie season so far. Nelson Aguilar, five receptions with 32 yards. Rashad Bateman, two receptions with 24 yards. Justice Hill, a 12-yard reception. Linebacker Roquan Smith was the highlight for this defense. Once again, racking up 10 total tackles. Let's go with the Rams really quick. Matthew Stafford, 23 for 41 with 294 yards and three touchdowns. Kyron Williams, 25 carries with 114 yards. I mean, you heard my voices go out a little bit just because of me just talking, but 114 yards. He ran the ball extremely well. Royce Freeman, three carries with six yards. Cooper Cup, Eight receptions with 115 yards and a touchdown. Puka Nakua, five receptions with 84 yards and a six-yard carry. One of the fastest rising stars in the NFL this season is Puka Nakua. Davis Allen, four receptions with 50 yards and a touchdown. Demarcus Robinson, three receptions with 46 yards and a touchdown. Linebacker Ernest Jones, the fourth, was the main highlight for this defense. He racked up 10 total tackles and a sack. Now, this game went into overtime, and... 
it was a close game, back and forth. Uh, both teams were running the ball extremely well, and it went in overtime, and it was a punt. Re- uh, the Rams punted it, punt return to the house, touchdown, Rams. It was an electrifying shout out to The Rock once again. Uh, punt return, and the, Ra- the Ravens did it. And it, w- it was. It was electrifying, and it was, uh, it, it was a uh, one of those things where it was like, oh man, you know, everybody rushing the field for the Ravens, and you know, gets gets a hard fall win. It was a hard fall win. The Rams, to me, this year, are a team where okay, they're they may not they, they either a may make the playoffs or they may not make the playoffs, but they're a team that when you look at them. And when you see them on offense and, and, and on defense, they're not a bad football team. They've just been caught by some, uh, uh, one, the schedule and how tough it is, but also also some some injuries on some on, on some aspects. But I, I think they're playing some tough teams, man. They got a good team. I mean, Matthew Stafford playing some good football. Uh, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, all those guys are just Ballers. I mean, they got guys like Demarcus Robinson, former chief, now with the the Rams. They got Davis Allen. They got guys like Ernest Jones and on the defensive side of things, Aaron Donald. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens were triple teaming Aaron Donald this past Sunday. They were triple teaming him. I don't think I've seen anybody get triple teamed on the line of scrimmage, especially if it's a defensive lineman. That is insane. Uh, the Rams have a loaded team. And they just get, got caught by a stretch of tough games. And it's just kind of hard to overcome a little bit. The Rams are a team that won the Super Bowl a couple of years back. And speaking of that, it was in L.A. News on that. The Super Bowl 61 in 2027 will return to SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Let's see if the Rams can make it back there once more. But, I mean, listen, it was a team. This is a team that... Won the Super Bowl a couple of years back. Didn't make it last year because of the injury bug. Now they're kind of fighting for it this year. But I don't know if they can make it with losses like this. It's just tough. Tough break. Because this is a team that's really talented. But they're not good. They may not make it because of the schedule not being on their side and injuries getting in the way for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, when you look at the Ravens, 10-3. I mean, what else do you say? They're ten and three. I mean, they're they're a team that when you look at them, they're ten and three. As I pull up their schedule here, ten and three has the Jaguars Sunday. We're covering that game. You say you cover the Ravens too much. I'm sorry, but they're in some games where they are important, and this game Sunday is important. So they're first in their division, AFC North. They're ten and three. And they are not only first in the AFC North, they're first in the AFC. Uh, the playoffs for today, it would be a bye week, a first-round bye for the Ravens, and they get home-field advantage throughout the whole playoffs. Um, they're looking like a team that is ready on a war path, and they run the ball extremely well. Now, I think the penalties are my biggest concern, that and throwing the ball a little bit better. But I think if they can throw the ball a little bit better, not only that, they can clean the penalties up. The Ravens are a team that it's going to be hard to stop because when they run the ball, they run the ball and they just slowly drain you, slowly drain you. When I say slowly drain you, they average about five to six yards per play by running the football. That is tough, man. That is tough to stop. And it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, man, what are we going to do? You're just going to have to figure it out. Figure out a game plan on defense to stop a hard rushing attack and the number, and the number one rushing attack in the NFL with the Baltimore Ravens. Final score, 37-31. The Ravens looking white hot, 10-3. and Got a huge road game in, against Jacksonville. And on Sunday Night Football, the Rams are, I mean, they're, Six and seven, they're still fighting for that playoff spot. But let's see what happens there. They got the commanders coming up next this Sunday, and let's see what happens there. They could go seven and seven. They're still in the th- they're, still, they're still in the thick of things. About four more games left for everybody, so they're still in the thick of things. Uh, come playoff time and come January even. So let's just see as Christmas 
rolls around. And I'm excited about Christmas. Merry Christmas early on to everybody here. And I'll have an update on the on, on Christmas and everything before, you know, we get before we get to everything. Uh and before we get to the end of the episode, we'll uh and when we get to the end of the episode, we'll I'll update you on uh episodes of Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, next game up, Baltimore. Uh well, not Baltimore, Bengals at Colts. Sorry, I'm still hung up on the Ravens. Bengals at Colts, their counterpart in the AFC North. Bengals and Colts. Both of these teams are needed. They're, I mean, they needed to be in, like, they, they, they needed the win, almost. So it was kind of a, you know, oh, you know, who's going to win this one and who needs to win more? They both needed equally as much. Uh, it was good home game for the Bengals. Close, I mean, yeah, I thought it was going to be closer. I picked the Bengals to win. I was right, but it wasn't as close as I thought it was going to be. Bengals 34, Colts 14. Joe Burrow on the sideline, coaching Jake Browning up. And Jake Browning, has been stepping it up as the backup quarterback for the Bengals. He has been electric. Ever since that Baltimore loss, he's turned it up a notch. Uh, Jake Browning, 18 for 24 with 275 yards and two touchdowns with an interception, three carries with seven yards and a touchdown. Joe Mixon, 21 carries with 79 yards and a touchdown, three receptions with 46 yards. Chase Brown, eight carries with 25 yards, three receptions with 80 yards and a touchdown. T. Higgins, two receptions with 72 yards. Jamar Chase, three receptions with 29 yards. Tyler Boyd, two receptions with 23 yards. Tanner Hudson, two receptions with 21 yards and a touchdown. Linebackers Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson were the highlights for this Bengals defense. Both men racked up 10 total Tackles. Let's go to the Colts really quick. Gardner Minshew, 26 for 39 with 240 yards and a touchdown with an interception, two carries with five yards. Zach Moss, 13 carries with 28 yards, four receptions with 28 yards. Trey Sermon, three carries with 13 yards. Michael Pittman Jr., eight receptions with 95 yards. Will Mallory, five receptions with 46 yards. Jacob uh, Josh Downs, three receptions with 32 yards. Alec Pierce, two receptions with 22 yards. Kylan Granson, uh, Kylan Granson, two receptions with 17 yards. Mo Alex Cox, Mo Mo Alley Cox, two two yard touchdown reception. The defense played very tough, but couldn't hang on as the Bengals just kept moving the ball. But however, the highlight for this defense was linebacker Zaire Franklin, and he racked up 14 total tackles. Now, let's go. Let's let's just let's go with the Bengals. Man, two back to back wins against the Jaguars. And against the Colts, two must-win, must-win games. They both won both. Can't lose anymore. Let's see what happens. They got the Chiefs coming up in a, in a few weeks on New Year's Eve. Some tough games coming up, but the Bengals are keeping on fighting. They are keeping on fighting. I mean, look, I, Trevor Lawrence uh, went down with an injury, and I, and I hate that for him. Uh, he did play this past Sunday. Against the against the Browns, the Browns ended up winning that football game, but they ended up playing. Excuse me, he ended up playing that game, but that's the Jaguars' side. But because of that, because of what happened this past that last Monday, the Bengals ended up pulling out the upset, field goal winner game. Bengals got it. Then all of a sudden, gave Jake Browning some confidence because he played some good football in that game. He was like, you know what? I'm going to go out and play some more football and show everybody that this Bengals team has something worth to fight for, even though we lost our starting quarterback and our star quarterback in Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, nice guy, by the way. He lended Jake Browning's family. He lended his own box office, his box, press box suite to Jake Browning's family. And Jake Browning used that box, that box club seat suite, and they watched him win that game. It was electric. Good on Joe Burrow for getting in the seats. Good on Joe Burrow for sticking with sticking with it and coaching and helping coach this team, including Jake Browning. Jake Browning played some good football. I mean, look, this team is a good, it has a good, talented team. It's just got got some bad luck with all the injuries, but the O-line, the O-line still needs to block. Now the O-line blocked this past Sunday, but can they keep up the pressure or keep up? sort of speak, when the pressure keeps going at them. That's my only question about the Bengals. Can they keep winning when pressure and tough opponents start to come up at the end of the season? That's going to be tough. 
to see and see. And it's going to be tough to call right now, but it's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, the Bengals, seven and six, they are still in the thick of things for playoffs. So how about that? They're still in the thick of things for the playoffs. A lot of teams are seven and six right now, including the Colts. The Colts, not a bad team this year. They are much improved. And not only much improved, Gardner Minshew is carrying this team, especially with the injury of Anthony Richardson down. Gardner Minshew has been winning some games close and in clutch fashion. This is a team that I would watch out for as the stretch keeps as we go down the stretch a little bit, as we go down the wire, I would watch out for the Indianapolis Colts with Gardner Minshew. He has been winning some of these close games. And if you if you get into a close game with the Colts, chances are you may not make it out of that game. And that is it's kind of interesting to see and, and, and to listen to, to, listen to it and, and see. The Colts may not win their division, but they may find a way to sneak in to the playoffs here. So let's just see what happens down the stretch, and let's see what happens with these two teams. The, it was a game where the Colts couldn't really move the ball well, and they, they didn't move the ball well. They moved the ball – how about this? They moved the ball some, but not to the point where – to capitalize. I think the capitalization was not there this game, but the Bengals could move the ball. The Bengals did capitalize, and the Bengals would not take no for an answer in losing this football game. Final score, Bengals 34, Colts 14. Man, the Bengals and the Colts are still in the thick of things. Seven and six for both. Let's just see what happens down the stretch with both of these teams as the schedule just keeps mounting up. Now let's go to the two games that I got wrong. And two of the games that, honestly, not really it affects seeding. And it's kind of interesting to see. So let's talk about these two games. The two games that I got wrong. I picked the Chiefs to win over the Bills. And I got that wrong. The Bills came to play. I was very curious. And I said this a couple of weeks ago on Pigskin Frenzy that I was curious about this game. I was curious to see what happens when the Buffalo goes into Arrowhead once again. And let's see what we're, let's see what we're going to get. What Bills team we're going to get. We got a Bills team that is trying to fight with every ounce of their being on trying to make it to the NFL playoffs. Final score, Bills 20, Chiefs 17. The way it went down, I'm going to talk about that in a minute because here we go. The joke I mentioned at the start of the episode, we're going to talk about that. Josh Allen, 23 for 42 with 233 yards and a touchdown with one interception. 10 carries with 32 yards and a touchdown. James Cook, 10 carries with 58 yards and five receptions with 83 yards and a touchdown. Ty Johnson, five carries with 19 yards. Latavius Murray, three carries with nine yards, 21-yard reception. Dawson Knox, three receptions with 36 yards. Stephon Diggs, four receptions with 24 yards. Dalton Kincaid, five receptions with 21 yards. Deontay Hartney, 25-yard reception. Khalil Shakur, 12-yard reception. The defense... They played with a lot of toughness and physicality. Linebacker Terrell Bernard and defensive back Terran Johnson were the main factors. Bernard racked up eight total tackles, while Johnson racked up nine total tackles. Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs, 25 for 43 with 271 yards, a touchdown, and an interception, eight-yard carry as well. Clyde Edwards-Elair, because Isaiah Pacheco was out, 11 carries with 39 yards, two receptions with 29 yards. Jarek McKinnon, four carries with 19 yards and a touchdown, three receptions. Receptions with 18 yards. Kadarius Tony. We're going to get into him in a little bit, guys. Don't worry. Three receptions with 25 yards. Two carries with 16 yards. Rasheed Rice. A man, Rasheed Rice is coming to do his own. SMU. Uh, coming out of SMU. Uh, fourth round pick in the draft. Or fifth round pick in the draft. He was an electrifying receiver. Seven receptions with 72 yards. And a touchdown. He's been coming to do his own this season. Travis Kelsey. Six receptions with 83 yards. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Two receptions with 20, 22 yards. Justin Watson. 18-yard reception. The defense racked up three sacks and one interception safety Mike Edwards was the highlight for this defense putting up 11 total tackles the Bills fought man the Bills are a team that when you look at them they are wanting to go but they are they have lost a good too many and they got some teams coming up on their schedule that when you look at them man you got to win Sunday included and we're covering that game 
The 10 and 3 Cowboys are coming into town, and we're going to talk about the Cowboys here in a little bit. But that's a tough football game right there that's coming up Sunday in, in, in Orchard Park. You get them at home, good. But now the pressure is starting to mount up. They're seven and six. They are they are along with the cow. They're along with the Bengals and the Colts here, and the Texans and the Broncos. It's just a big fight for one of those playoff spots, and only one team can get it. And which team's going to miss the playoffs, and which team's not? It's hard. It really is. This is a, this is a team to me that is too talented to be in the record that they're in and the spot that they're in. There, there should be a. That should be one of the top three teams up top of the AFC, not fighting for a playoff spot. So that's my take on the Bills. I think that they are a talented team, but they got to protect the football. They got to protect the football, and they got to get out of a a big mental headspace into into you know. Saying I mean, there's a lot of pressure, and I understand that, but. Get out of the mental headspace of 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 whatever funk that they're in. I don't know what funk that they're in, but they need to try to get out of it because and, and they won. Congratulations! But they need to keep winning and win out to try to make a playoff and make a spot and get a spot in the playoff because they deserve to be in there with the talent they got. And I think they, to me, I mean, look at the all they got. They, they're 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 seven and six, and they're fifth in total offense in FB in in in, in the NFL. Or so when you look at them, it's just kind of hard to see and look. You're like, dude, you're one of the top teams in the NFL, moving the ball, but yet again, you're seven and six. It's errors on the Bills' part and internal errors, not external, internal errors on their part that they got to clean up in order to make the playoff. And it's just kind of hard for me to say that because they're a team, in my opinion, that shouldn't be 7-6. and six. They should be 9-4, 10-3. So that's my take on the Bills. Tough game Sunday. We're going to talk about that later on in the episode, but that's just my take on the Buffalo Bills. The Kansas City Chiefs. Back-to-back losses, and that's something that I wouldn't hear myself say, you know, with Patrick Mahomes. They lost to the Packers. They should have lost that game, and I understand the refs kind of messed them up. They did. They missed two big play pass interference calls, and it was clear and blatant pass interference, and the Packers ended up winning the game because the refs missed those calls. Now, this call was pretty insane. So at the end of the game, it was 2017, and it was fourth down, and the and the, and the Mahomes and Mahomes and the guys were going for it. So he throws it uh, to Travis Kelsey, and Kelsey was getting tackled. He ends up doing a lateral, an insane spiral lateral to Kadarius Tony, and Tony runs it in for a touchdown. Kadarius Tony runs it in for a touchdown. One, a, a awesome play, a unique and sick play. I was like, wow, when I was covering that game, I was like sitting there watching. And I was like, whoa, dude, that was crazy. Travis Kelsey played quarterback in high school. Okay, so the, the spiral was just perfect. Lateral it to him, touchdown. Flags were all over the field. And they call Kadarius Tony for offensive offsides. His foot was on the line. That's why I had that joke earlier in the episode. His foot was on the line. You've already seen it. I'm just going to explain it now. For those of you who don't, don't understand an offensive offsides, you have to check with the refs to see if you're positioned right on the field. And especially on offense. And Kadarius Tony, from what I saw, looked like he gave a thumbs up to the ref. Uh, the ref is supposed to warn you and give you a blatant warning, right? And then throw the flag. Those are the rules. Uh, but it was offensive offsides. Clearly, he was over the line. Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, and co- head coach Andy Reid were argumentative about the call. Uh, he wouldn't even, you can even hear 
the post, the post, like the post game interaction between him and Josh Allen, and what Mahomes said to Josh Allen. You can it's all over the internet. Go and find it. You can go listen to their post game press conference afterwards, and they think it's embarrassing that the NFL called back, made that call, and that they're making calls like that in the league. Um, we shouldn't have referees dictate the game. I understand their frustration. I understand that the refs should not dictate the game. But here's the problem: it was all sides. And you're going to think, dude, you're really going to say that? Yeah, I'm going to say that. It was. It was a penalty. I get the Packers game. The Packers game was blatant, blatantly robbed of the Chiefs. Chiefs probably should have won that game, but they didn't because of two bad, no pass interference calls that were blatant pass interference, and they and the Packers got away with it. This game? Clear as day, offsides on Kadarius Tony, and they were upset about it. Uh, they were not necessarily happy about it. Patrick Mahomes did go and apologize later on in in the midweek press conference, getting ready for the Patriots Sunday. Uh, they go to Foxborough Sunday, um, and he apologized for how he acted, and he said that they really this is not really a great role model for kids. And he was, and he didn't feel that like he was a good role model for the kids to, you know, outbursting like that. And I understand that Mahomes really didn't need to apologize that much because look, he hasn't done this a lot to, you know, to apologize for. But on the flip side, he shouldn't have been mad because it was offsides. It was offsides. He he wasn't robbed of them. Offsides. They lost the game. And they're eight and five. And what does that mean? Well, to me, it means they're two games behind. I get it. The Chiefs have a lot going on right now. Let me adjust my mic. Sorry, guys. You probably are thinking on audio and YouTube. Uh, we can hear you, but I don't. I just don't want to get my voice out of range because of how I'm sounding now. But they're two games behind. Uh, they're behind the Dolphins and they're behind the Ravens. Seeing seating has changed, and uh, there are three. This is the this could be the first time in a little bit, especially if they keep dropping some games where Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs will have to go on the road in a playoff game. Uh, they're going to be in the playoffs. There's no doubt. I I, I think they are, but I think. A little bit of focus has shifted off of the game itself and more on the off the field stuff. Listen, you're probably going to give me a lot of hate for this. Taylor Swift's the biggest superstar in the NFL. Not in the NFL, sorry, in the NFL. Uh, about right, though, NFL now. But the biggest superstar in the world, uh, best artist in the world right now, most popular. Uh, Travis Kelsey is now becoming a pop culture icon for dating Taylor Swift. Uh, Mahomes is along for the ride. The Chiefs are becoming mainstream, right, in the NFL and mainstream in the league. I understand that. Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the freaking world. However, the focus has shifted a little bit off of the game of football and onto the off the field stuff. Tune that out for a little bit and let's focus on the game of football because, because it's December. You have a few games left. The Bengals are a team that, even though they're seven and six, I still wouldn't sleep on them. Didn't matter if you don't have Joe Burrow, didn't matter if it's in Arrowhead. Do not sleep on anybody because any given Sunday is still in effect for a reason. It's any given Sunday. So do not sleep and just keep focusing on the task at hand, getting a higher spot in the playoffs, and not only that, trying to win back-to-back Super Bowls if I'm the Chiefs. Balance out the mainstream and what's happening on the field. Don't bleed into one, don't, don't bleed in to one thing. Just balance it out handle the distractions a lot better, and that is a team that will make the playoffs and could win the AFC again. So, final score, Bills 20, Chiefs 17. I went on a whole thing about that, but that's a game right there that uh, 
was different. It was offsides, but in my opinion, in my in my ruling, in my call, in my in my honest thoughts, it was an offsides. So, moving on, Cowboys thirty three, Eagles thirteen. I picked the Eagles to win that one, son of a gun. I picked the Eagles to win that one, and I was wrong. I thought the Eagles were going to come back after. Well, well, let me just scratch this. Two weeks ago, I picked. The Niners to beat the Eagles. I was right, but I didn't expect that outcome. The 49ers laid laid it all on the Eagles. They poured it all on the Eagles in Lincoln Financial Field. Purdy brought Purdy put up four touchdowns. He's second in my vote for MVP right now. He's second in my vote. Niners are looking like what I said. When healthy, the most complete team and the probably the best team in the league. But not far behind are the Dallas Cowboys. And let me tell you something. I don't think I've seen the Cowboys play like this in a while. It's been a minute. I don't think I've ever seen it in my 23 years of living seen the Cowboys play like this. I mean, look, Cowboys 33, Eagles 13. The Eagles were number one seed in the NFL. Now they are the fifth seed. If the playoffs were today, they would be on the road to Tampa Bay. One game. And one thing just, tra- just changes the, tra- the trajectory of the whole seating right now. Cowboys took a leap in the NFC East division. Let's go with these stats and we'll break down the game. Dak Prescott, 24 for 39 with 271 yards and two touchdowns with three carries and 11 yards. Tony Pollard, 16 carries with 59 yards, seven receptions with 37 yards. Rico Dowdell, 12 carries with 46 yards and a touchdown, six-yard reception. Kevonte Turpin, 22-yard carry. Jake Ferguson, five receptions with 72 yards. C.D. Lamb, six receptions with 71 yards and a touchdown. Michael Gallup, three receptions with 48 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Cooks, two receptions with 37 yards. And the defense was all over the Eagles' offense. They racked up three turnovers and a sack. Defensive back Stephon Gilmore racked up nine total tackles as he was the highlight for this defense. Let's go with the Eagles really quick. Jalen Hurts, 18 for 27 with 197 yards and five carries with 30 yards. DeAndre Swift, 11 carries with 39 yards. Kenneth Gainwell, four carries with 28 yards. A.J. Brown, nine receptions with 94 yards. Devontae Smith, five receptions with 73 yards. Dallas Goddard, welcome back Dallas Goddard after being on IR due to forearm surgery. Four receptions with 30 yards. Alumni Zacchaeus, 28-yard reception. The defense racked up three sacks and a turnover, but still couldn't find a way to slow down the Cowboys as a whole. So let's go with the Eagles really quick. Three turnovers. That's going to be kind of hard to justify trying to win a football game. Three turnovers, one by Devontae, uh, one by Jalen, another one by, I think, DeAndre Swift. And the Eagles were... Let me just say this. The Eagles had opportunities to move the ball down the field, but they couldn't because not only of the Cowboys' defense, but but they just didn't capitalize on a lot of their drives. Every point, the 13 points that they scored were all field goals. Three, six, nine. And I, well, no, I think they scored, I think they scored one touchdown but I don't. I, I think it. I don't. I don't remember necessarily the touchdown they scored. But it was thirteen points. Cowboys were all over them, nonetheless. And when when you look at it as a whole, just when you look at it as a whole, it was a beatdown from opening 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 minute to ending. It was the Eagles just weren't ready for that game. I thought they were going to be. I thought they were going to come back with a vengeance after getting blown out. 42-19 by the 49ers, and they did it. They went to Dallas and got punched in the mouth some more, 33-13. The offense just started off really slow, and they really couldn't get a whole lot going on the offensive side of things. Uh, play calling wasn't all there. They just didn't look like themselves, right? I thought the Eagles were going to trip up. 
I really did. I thought the Eagles were going to trip up. I thought it was going to be against the Niners, and they were going to try to dust themselves off and come back and win this ball game. The last time these two teams played each other, the Cowboys played a close game in, in Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia, but the Eagles pulled it out 28-23, call me the magic man. Anyway, but the Eagles won. Dallas remembered that game. As I transition into Dallas right now, Dallas remembered that game. And they were going to make a statement. And they did. They take a leap in the NFC East division after one game. The Dallas Cowboys end up taking a leap in the division. And the Eagles are now behind Dallas in the NFC East. Crazy how one game works. How one with one night and one game of football works, the whole seating and the trajectory of the playoffs can change. Even though the playoffs aren't here yet, it's week going into week fifteen. We still got week 15, 16, 17, and eighteen to finish. Four four weeks of football left in the professional league. Professionally to finish, but when you look at it, one game changes the whole thing. 49ers are now the number one seed, which means the 49ers would get home field advantage throughout the whole playoffs, and and they get by first week. So, there we go. There we go. They get by first week, and Dallas, they'd be number two. They would be number two. Lions three, Bronco, uh, uh, sorry, Eagles five, Buccaneers four, and then you got the Vikings and Seahawks as well in there. So, oh boy. That's all I got to say is, oh boy. Man, we got a lot of teams still vying for playoff spots, but that's not the point. That's not the point here. The, the Cowboys just shook everything up. They played good offense, good defense. They played an overall good game. They were beating and beating uh being more physical than the, than the Eagles. They beat them up on the line of scrimmage. Defensively, offensively, special teams, they were the better football team that night. By the way, Dak Prescott, I honestly never thought I would say this. Uh, he's got my vote for MVP. Dak Prescott's got my vote in the MVP race. He really does. If we're talking MVP, Dak has my vote. Um, he leads the league in touchdown passes right now. He's top three with passing yards. He is doing more for his team right now, uh, than anybody. And I think Dak Prescott could win and should probably right now, if the MVP vote was, you know, was casted today, I give the MVP to Dak Prescott so far in the season. Let's just see how he keeps playing. But so far I would give it to Dak. Now that could change, but right now Dak Prescott is showing that he is right now the MVP along with. Two other guys, Brock Purdy and Tyree Kill. I think Tyree Kill has as 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 his right as a right to stake his name in in the race as well. So Cowboys play just good football, and they're ten and three. I've I have not seen the Cowboys play this good. I wouldn't say in a while, but ever. And I'm kind of excited about it. I'm kind of intrigued by it, and I want to see what they do as the stretch. As the the final home stretch comes, you know, comes in. They got the Bills Sunday, tough game. They're ten and three. Let's see what happens there. Uh, with the playoffs for today, they be the number two seed in the in the in the NFC side of things. Final score: 33-13. Dallas dominates the Philadelphia Eagles, and they get the win in impressive fashion at home. Guys, let's move on to. Other news, that was the NFL recap for week 14. We're going to break down some other news really quick as I scoop my chair, as I, you know, adjust in my chair. Um, we're going to go to the injury report, and then we're going to preview and predict and some of these games that I'm covering. But other news out of Foxborough. Uh, uh, a report out of NBC, the Patriots and head coach and GM Bill Belichick are reportedly agreeing to part ways at the end of the season. Uh, end of an era. And that's all you can say. Uh, and I mentioned it a few weeks, a couple of weeks back, that there are some rumors that the Patriots may let him go. I talked about the Patriots a few weeks back and the season that they've been having and what they had to do, I think, 
uh, in order to you know, kind of move forward, if that made sense. But the Patriots are three and ten. They're three and ten. In my lifetime, I'm so used to Patriots being number one seed in the playoffs or number two in the playoffs and going to the Super Bowl winning titles with Tom Brady. But ever since Tom left, you can see me on YouTube, on audio, just fish, picture my hand like a, like a ship sinking. Okay? And that's what the Patriots are doing. The ship is sinking. And the decisions are not there. The, the results are not there. And Matt Jones has completely kind of, I would say this, kind of broke out as a quarterback right now. And, and it's just kind of hard to just to sit and watch, honestly. It's kind of sad to say it. But uh, for the job and for Bill Belichick, there's been rumors of him leaving. His quote for this week was, I'm getting ready for Kansas City. Uh, of course, why wouldn't you, you know, not be getting ready for Kansas City? I would be getting ready for the Chiefs coming to your house as well in Gillette Stadium. So right now, 3-10, the Pats um, not looking good. Uh, the decisions have not been there. The players, the games, the results have not been there. And the development of Mac Jones hasn't been there as well. And it's just one of those things where I think right now, in best-case scenario, it may be time for a change and for something different in New England because whatever the Patriot way is, to me, the Patriot way is not 3-10 and 10 and not missing the playoffs because I am not used to a Bill Belichick team or a Patriots team missing the playoffs, especially two years in a row. So that's just my thoughts on everything. Uh, it may be, and I've said this, it's been time for a change, and let's just see what happens uh, at the end of the year out in Foxborough. So the Patriots and head coach and GM Bill Belichick are reportedly agreeing to part ways at the end of the year. Don't know if it's fully true or not, but this is what I've been hearing from NBC. Now let's go with the injury report for Pigskin Frenzy, NFL injury report for Pigskin Frenzy, and who's in and who is out. Brown Stevenson in. This is capping yesterday. Ogbenita, Okoronko, Okoronko, Okoronko is dealing with a dealing with a pectoral injury that could be season ending. I retweeted that out on X. Heartbreaking loss, especially for Agabina. Agabina has been a good edge rusher for this Browns defense along with Miles Garrett. And it is tough because the injuries on the defense for the Cleveland Browns are starting to kind of add up a little bit. And it's just kind of tough to see Cleveland lose a little bit of injuries there. Brown safety, Grant Delpit, he'll miss four games due to a groin injury. Do not know if he's going on IR or not, but he may miss games as well. Injuries are just starting to mount for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, by the way, congrats to Joe Flacco on returning and starting and leading the way for the Cleveland Browns. They've been getting some good time, some big time wins, man. So Joe Flacco, Super Bowl winning champion quarterback for the formerly for the Baltimore Ravens. So congratulations on Joe Flacco for returning and leading the Browns to a victory, right? So good on him. Dolphins center Connor Williams is out for the rest of the season after tearing his ACL. Tough break for a underrated lineman in Connor Williams and a uh, tough break for the Dolphins, especially uh, losing a key piece to your line like Connor Williams. Uh, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert is out for the remainder of the year after fracturing his right index finger. He had surgery to repair the injury, and he will make a successful recovery, but he is out for the remainder of the year. So the Chargers are pretty much, and this is my honest take, not going to make the playoffs. Uh, they should have because they're talented enough to but they are not going to, again, I've said this, I'm beating a dead horse with this because of everything going on with the Chargers coaching-wise. But I'm not going to get into that. Prayers and thoughts, and we wish Chargers, Justin quarterback, uh, Justin uh, quarterback Justin Herbert, not Justin quarterback, my words are getting mixed up, quarterback Justin Herbert, a speedy recovery, and we wish him the best uh, as he gets ready for the offseason and 
gets prepared for next year. So hopefully everything goes well for him. Chargers wide receiver Kenyon Allen will not play tonight versus the Raiders due to a heel injury. Tough break for the Chargers there, losing your star wide receiver uh, for the game, and you're got to find somebody else to throw to. Quentin Johnson could be an option if you're the Los Angeles Chargers against the Las Vegas Raiders tonight. Speaking of the Raiders, Raiders running back Josh Jacobs is questionable to play tonight due to a knee injury. I will have a update to see if Chargers running back, uh, Raiders running back Josh Jacobs will play tonight. Um, I will just keep, po- keep well, I'll just keep you posted on X and just stay tuned on my X account for Pigskin Frenzy for updates on Josh Jacobs. Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill is listed as day-to-day after injuring his ankle in Monday's game versus the Titans. He injured it. He came out of the game and then went back into the game, then came out of the game again, then went back in, and then finally just was questionable to return and didn't return after that. So he's listed as day-to-day. Uh, he injured his ankle, but it's, it's he's more trending towards playing, which is good news for the Dolphins. You don't want to lose a star, your star receiver like Tyreek Hill and miss him uh, coming up Sunday, especially after losing a tough one to the Titans. Bengals wide receivers Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd were both limited in practice on Wednesday due to ankle injuries. But what I'm hearing is Jamar Chase is leaning towards playing Sunday, and it shouldn't really take a lot from his playing time. So, as we continue, uh, last but not least on the injury report, Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson returned from IR, but he also left the game versus the Raiders this past Sunday due to a ch- due to his chest injury. He was taken to the hospital where everything came back normal. Good news there. Came back normal, and he has a he only has a chest bruise, and he and he announced that he will play Saturday versus the Bengals. So good on Justin Jefferson. He will play. He will suit up, and everything's fine with Justin Jefferson. So thoughts and prayers, to everybody going out on this list. Uh, hope everybody makes a speedy recovery. And uh, don't really like doing the injury list, but it's needed because you want to see who's out, especially for fantasy football purposes, guys, for to set your lineups accordingly, uh, especially as we get down to the playoffs and championship weekends for fantasy. Uh, it's key and to check your lineups uh, and see who's injured and who is not injured. So let's preview and predict some of these ball games I'm covering. Uh, pulling double duty on Saturday, two games on Saturday, one at one Eastern. And the next one at 8.15 at night. So let's kick it off with two games that are on Saturday and two games that are on Sunday. First game, Vikings at Bengals. Guys, both 7-6, and six, both need the win. Now, when you look at the Vikings coming off of a tough win, 3-0 to zero win, it was one of, the, one of the worst offensive performance games that a lot of people have seen in the modern era. Uh... This is the lowest score game uh, in, since 2010, I believe. So it's been 13 years since a game like this has come across. 3-0, Vikings beat the Raiders. Uh, but they got the win. Nonetheless, a win is a win either way. The Bengals coming off of a good win against the Colts, 34-14. Both teams need a win, especially to keep, excuse me, to keep at it with their playoff hopes. So the keys to this are just, Pretty much simple. The Vikings offense needs to have a perfect game. They are 12th in total offense. And when you think, dude, three points and they're 12th in total offense, it might come as a shock. But yeah, they're 12th in total offense. They move the ball fairly well. Uh, They bench Josh Jacobs. They are going to start quarterback Nick Mullins Saturday. And let's see what he can do. Let's see if he can get the ball down the field and score some points and have a perfect game plan on offense to try to win this game Saturday. Uh, For the Bengals, stop the passing attack. The Vikings are eighth in passing offense, believe it or not. You would think that they aren't, but they are. They are eighth in passing offense. Now, Vikings rushing offense, however, is 27th. So if you slow down the passing attack for the Cincinnati Bengals on defense, if you limit their passing and you make them run the ball, you can shut the run down as easy, and then you pretty much shut down their offense, and then you win the football game. So those are some keys there for the Bengals that I would take into consideration to try to 
win the game, right? So who do I have one in this game, Vikings or Bengals? I think this would be close, but I got the home field advantage in favor of the Bengals, so I'm going to pick the Bengals to win outright. I think it's going to be a game of 28-17, honestly. I think the Vikings do score, but I think the Bengals are going to score more. I think it's going to be Bengals 28, Vikings 17. The Vikings go to 7-7, seven and seven, and the Bengals go to 8-6, and six, and they keep on rolling, especially to try to get a playoff spot. Bengals 28, Vikings 17. Give me the Bengals beating the Vikings at home on Saturday. A Saturday special. Another Saturday special, a, little, a little Saturday night special, the Broncos at Lions. A tricky game for both. Broncos coming off of a loss to the Texans. But the Broncos, man, I just can't put my finger on the Broncos. I've said that. They defeated the Chargers. They got a bounce back win over the Chargers. They're seven and six. They're second in the AFC West, only behind the Chiefs, even though they've beaten the Chiefs once. So, I mean, when you look at it, Lions, number one in the NFC North, tough stretch there. I just. It's just gonna something's gotta give, right? Something really has to give. Uh, for the Broncos, you gotta find a way to limit the offense. Uh, find a way to limit the weapons on their offense. The Lions are third in total offense. Their offense is cooking with Jared Goff and uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, uh, David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Josh Reynolds. They got some guys. Uh, Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end sensation. They got some guys on that offense that cook. Right, and they score points. They're third in total offense. You got to find a way to, if you're the defense of the Broncos, to limit those weapons. If you limit those weapons and find the perfect matchups, you could probably sneak off in four field in Detroit with an upset. So let's just see what happens with there. Uh, if you're the Lions defense, and this is a key here, you got to stop Russell Wilson and the Broncos offense from getting to a rhythm because I've seen them get into a rhythm. And once they get into a rhythm, they are hard to stop. There is something about this Broncos team that makes me think I just can't put my finger on it. They, they won't stop fighting. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I titled it, Let's ride Broncos country because they were on a streak. They ended up losing to the Texans, unfortunately, but they bounced back in a big way against the Chargers. So it's one of those things where when you look at it, you're like thinking to yourself, okay, well, let's just let's just see here. I mean, you get they get into a rhythm and they just don't really slow down. So if you're the Lions here, stop them from getting to a rhythm before it's too late. And that is a big key here if you're the Detroit Lions. Who do I got winning this ball game? I got Detroit winning this game. I think the Lions are going to win uh, close, uh, but I think the Detroit Lions do enough with their third offense in the league, and they pull it out. Lions get them 31-24. Lions 31, Broncos 24. Broncos go to 7-7, seven and seven, and the Lions go to 10-4, and four with a high chance now at making the playoffs for the first time in a very long time. Tenth win for the Lions. Ten and four Lions. They are going to be 30, I'll say 31 Lions, 24 Broncos, and they get the win Saturday night at home. Moving on to two Sunday games. Let's go with the Ravens at Jaguars. Sunday night football, Ravens at Jaguars. The Ravens are on a roll, man. They're number one in the AFC right now, but the Jaguars coming off of two back-to-back -back losses. They're going to look to try to get some momentum back on their side. They are still highly confident, according to Doug, head coach Doug Peterson and quarterback Trevor Lawrence. So uh, let's see what happens here. It's going to be an interesting Sunday night football game here, uh, and, and I'm kind of curious to see it. So if you're the Ravens, my take on this is you dominate the line of scrimmage. And that's just me. I would dominate the line of scrimmage. I would find a way to win on both sides of the ball and pound the football by running it. And that gets you the win over a tough and solid Jaguars team. I think being physical in the trenches and dominating the line of scrimmage and playing physical ball up front is key in a game like this, especially with the line that the Jaguars present and the threat on the defensive line and on the offensive line for them that they present. So I, I think if you're the Ravens, you're going to want to dominate the line of scrimmage. Now, if you're the Jaguars, you're going to have to find a way to slow down that rushing offense. They are the number one rushing offense in the NFL. 
you're going to have to figure out a way to slow down the run and make Lamar beat you through the air. Now, Lamar can throw the ball, so don't don't underestimate the Ravens' passing attack because they can beat you through the air, but you're going to have to figure out a way to slow down the run because the run helps get a lot of stuff going for the Baltimore Ravens. So if you're the Ravens, uh, if, you're the, if you're the Jaguars, I would slow down the Ravens and take a big piece of their offense away to try to fight, figure out a way to pull off an upset at home. Who wins this ball game? Uh, I think the Ravens win it. I think it's going to be close, but I think Baltimore right now is just too hot right now, uh, to, and they're they're not showing any signs of slowing down. The Ravens get another win, their 11th win of the year, and they beat the Jaguars on the road. Score of 34-24, 10-point win. The Ravens, 34, Jaguars, 24, uh, and they beat the Jaguars, uh, 34-24. Ravens go to 11-3, and the Jaguars go to eight and six on Sunday night football. Now, last game before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy, Cowboys at Bills Sunday afternoon. Uh, Cowboys 10 and three, Bills seven and six. Uh, They're going into Orchard Park, and this is a tricky game for both. The Cowboys can't afford to lose it. The Bills cannot afford to lose this one. The Bills are in in each game. They're kind of in a must win. Uh, They kind of put themselves in that position. Uh, but here we are. Here, here we are. Uh, if the Bills have a big key here, because they are facing a tough Dallas Cowboys team coming into Par- uh, Orchard Park in New York, protect the football and find a way to move the ball consistently on the Cowboys defense. The Bills are fifth in total offense, and the Cowboys are third in total defense. So for a seven and six team, and you know, for a ten and three team. These two offenses and defenses are top five. The Bills are, are, are top five offense, and they're a seven and six football team. Do not under, underestimate the Bills. They got the talent, and they are still the Buffalo Bills. They are still a good, solid football team. They just have some errors internal or internally that they need to correct. Um, the I'm looking up right now, honestly, the weather. In Orchard Park for Sunday, uh, the weather's fine. It's just going to be a little bit cold, a little bit cold. Uh, I thought it was going to snow for some reason, but I just wanted to check the weather report and see what's going to happen on that game. But for the Cowboys, so Bills fifth in total offense, Cowboys third in total defense. For the for the for the Bills, what they need, or for the Cowboys, what they need to do is force Josh Allen to turn the ball over. Force Josh Allen to turn the ball over. And what I mean by that is he is tied for 17th for most turnovers in the league. He's a top five quarterback, but he's tied for 17th, tied for most turnovers in the league with 17, 17 turnovers in the league on top. He is tied with Josh Dobbs currently. That's rough, and you're a, he's a top five quarterback. And, and that's what hurts me about it. That is what hurts me about it. Top five quarterback in the league, Josh Allen, tied for most turnovers with 17. You've got to force Josh Allen to turn the ball over a little bit, probably more than once, maybe about three, maybe two or three times should do the trick. And the Cowboys can capitalize on it, and that's how they can win the game. Who do I have one in this ball game? It's going to be close, and I think it's going to be closer than the experts predict. Unfortunately, I don't see the Bills escaping this one. I can't. I hate to say it because I, the Bills need the win, but I just don't see them getting the win at home against a really tough and white-hot Cowboys team right now. Give me the Cowboys over the Bills. I think the Cowboys win it and go to 11-3, and the Bills go to 7-7. Seven seven. The Cowboys, 24, Bills, 17. Cowboys, 24, Bills, 17. It's going to be close but I think the Cowboys win 24-17 and get the win over the Bills on the road to go to 11-3, and the Bills fall to 7-7. That concludes today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy, guys. A big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back and watch and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Popping, and Apple, all you got to do is just follow on there and share around with others. X, Instagram, and Facebook, all you got to do is just 
keep plug, uh, you know, keep following and plugging into Pigskin Frenzy on there. You'll get episode updates, news and highlights from across college and NFL football, trivia questions on Instagram stories, go and answer today's, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday. Episode updates. I said I was going to get to it. Episode updates for December 19th, coming up this Tuesday. And for next Thursday, there will be normal week, normal episodes. December 19th, we are going to predict bowl games, including the New Year Six Bowls and the college football playoff. We're going to break those games down early, two weeks in advance, because on December 26th, I will not be at the all. I will not be at the set. I will be with my family celebrating Christmas time with my family. And I will be back in Brandon, Mississippi for celebrating, you know, a, what's a, what's going to be hopefully a wonderful Christmas. So on the 26th, no pigskin frenzy episode on the 26th. On the 28th, episode there might be and i'll keep you posted on this there will most likely be an nfl episode on the 28th of of december of pigskin frenzy for nfl pigskin frenzy so uh episode updates there um but i'll keep you everyone posted but tuesday we will see you then for a college edition of pigskin frenzy as we preview and predict and look ahead to the college football playoff and we will break down the coverage of the college football playoff coming up in a couple of weeks on new year's day guys for Everybody out there, I'm Joel Norris signing off, and we will see you Tuesday when we break down college football playoffs. And for everybody out there, stay the course.